Welcome to the Grace on a Mission podcast, reflections on the depth and width of God's love for us. Grace on a Mission is a weekly podcast of the sermons from Gloria Day Lutheran Church in Garland, Texas. We invite you to visit us at gloriadaygarland.org. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Perhaps you've heard a pastor uh, before say that little prayer. It's actually a verse from Psalm 19 that was read earlier. Um, And as a reminder that, you know, sermons are not meant to be just words or my opinions. Uh, They're meant to be a way to uh, sort of think creatively about um, scripture and God's word and and what God might be telling us. And so I always pray that that, that is um, something that happens for you. Um, some sermons are better than others, but uh, I do pray that, um, that what we share here in worship is meaningful to you. Well, I've, uh, you're probably wondering why I have this little brick in front of me. I'll tell you a little story. Um, so I grew up a, a Dallas Cowboys fan. I grew up in Texas for most of my life, but then moved to Minnesota when I was in my 20s. And I met my lovely wife, and she's from Minnesota. Ended up getting my first youth ministry job there. All of our kids were born there. We lived there for 17 years. And during that time, somehow, some way, I was converted to be a Minnesota Vikings fan. I know it's awful, but, you know, it is what it is. And I have really grown very fond of the team. And one thing they did is in 2016, they built a brand new stadium. And they had to tear down the old one. And I remember watching as they exploded that old stadium had the big dome on it and, and crashed to the ground. And then over time, you got to watch different images on the news. And, and on, there was a website you could follow as they began to erect this incredible stadium that is sort of meant to sort of look like a Viking ship. One of the things they did as they were building the stadium is they uh, offered people the opportunity to be part of it by uh, buying a legacy brick. And you could buy a brick and it, it would be placed in the plaza area and, uh, and that brick could, it be, could be an honor of someone, a memorial to someone, it could just be from your family. And it was just a way that people could be a part of the stadium as well as of course help them pay for the stadium. There's different sizes of bricks and different prices, but um, Melanie's family surprised us that year with a legacy brick that is in honor of our son who we lost eight years ago. And uh, so you can see here, this is a replica of the brick. And it says, love to the max, Max Schwollert, and uh, 5-1995 to 2-29-2012. And so it's kind of special to us and we have it on a shelf in our home. But what I love about this is that it, it's about being part of something. Okay, yeah, it's a football stadium, and I, I, I don't mean to, to be trivial, but it's, it really was a way that kind of brought fans together and, and brought people together. And, and, and every time I go to Minneapolis, I, I drive by that stadium, and one time I was able to actually step out of the car and run over there and find the brick and see it. And, um, and, and it's just kind of a special thing and, and a way for be, people to be a part of something bigger. You know, um, I'm going to move this over. It's very heavy. (laughs) You know, our gospel today is really interesting. 
um, Jesus comes to the temple and he sees that um, there are people selling things like set, have a marketplace set up. Now, this is not anything super radically wrong here that as far as the people of that culture, they did this regularly. This was something they would do every year at Passover time. They would, they would come, they would celebrate Passover, they would share, they would sell things uh, to, to, so they could make a living. And so to these people, this was very normal. This, was, this wasn't something they were trying to take advantage of the temple or, or something like that. It was, it was somewhat normal to them. It had become a ritual, right? And they just assumed that it would always be okay. But here comes Jesus, as Jesus always does, to mix things up, right? And literally uh, turn things over. He makes a whip of cords, not to whip the people, but to shoo the animals away. Um, and uh, then he dumps out the coins. And uh, you can just imagine this, this moment. Now, um, there's a little controversy about this, uh, the scholars have about this story, because John puts it at the beginning of Jesus' ministry to, so to kind of set the tone of this is, this is who Jesus is, right? Um, and when, when he says, you know, destroy this temple, and in three days I, re, I will rebuild it. He was talking about himself, that he will die and then be raised on the third day. Of course, the Jews asked him, I, I'm always blown away by their question. Oh, well, this has been being built for 46 years. How can you rebuild it in three days? Like as if he was being literal. Um, and, and he had to explain, of course, that um, and, and later on the disciples learn, oh, this is what he said was going to happen. It's a really interesting moment. And uh, um, other, uh, the other Gospels, they put it later on in, in Jesus' life. But for, for whatever reason, here's, here it is in, in John chapter 2. And I wondered about that. What is he really doing here? What is Jesus doing here? Well, certainly there is some uh, ritual and tradition going on here something that they would continue to do every year. And I thought about some of our rituals and traditions, and I thought about our building, um, uh, Gloria Day's building, and as we um, see that brick and mortar sometimes doesn't hold up, this, uh, as we've had a water leak and we're going to have to do some rebuilding, right? I've just been thinking all about all that and thinking about, you know, this what Jesus is doing here, it wasn't about really um, disciplining people. It was really pointing out, I think, a couple of things. It was about, this is who I am. This is who Jesus is. I am the Messiah that will die and in three days rise again. This temple is my body. This is the, the temple that you should be worshiping. Instead of getting carried away with all of your brick and mortar and your, your, your rituals and all that stuff, don't lose focus on the true reason, the Messiah. And then other, it was, it was not about punishing people. It was about showing that, that this is about people's lives, people's very lives. And so 
um, I think about that in contemporary times and about our congregation, about you and me and, and all that we're, we're striving to do together, that there are institutions and systems, even within the church, that sometimes get in the way, right? They sometimes get in the way of looking to Jesus. And we sometimes miss that, um, that Jesus is the central figure and savior for you and for me. And uh, you might know the writer and theologian Phyllis Tickles. She passed away a few years ago, but she wrote a book called The Great Emergence. And it was her contention that every five years, um, there is a great emergence in the church. And it's, she calls it a time of dizzying upheaval and hopeful promise during which various sectors of today's church swirl into a great confluence at the center. Sounds like a writer, right? But think about that. 500 years ago, one of the greatest emergences was the Reformation. Began by Martin Luther, but there were many other reformers that jumped on board. An important part in the life of Christianity and continues to be today. And here we are 500 years later. Now, she wrote in her book that the, the emergence of, of the digital world is, is, is really the main piece of that. Uh, the, you know, the internet and every, everybody being connected through the internet is, is a main piece of that emergence. But I think now we can add a, a pandemic to that, that in the midst, you know, in these emergences, they don't, they don't just happen in one year. They tend to be decades long. Perhaps we're in an emergence right now, a time to look at the systems and the institutions and the traditions that we got, have gotten so used to. Now, that's all been thrown up in the air, right? We've been called to do diff things differently, to do church online, to connect through Zoom, to office in our homes, to mask up, to get groceries delivered. All these things that we're doing we never could have imagined a year ago would be taking place. Perhaps that there's something in this that we can learn as followers of Jesus Christ. Perhaps it's a time for us to not get complacent as the church, that maybe the church needs to be, so to speak, flipped over and woken up a little bit as we struggle to find out who we are, as we reach out into our communities for so, with so many people who are finding the church to be irrelevant to their lives. We need to look at new ways, creative ways, to love our neighbor. It's not always easy, but I do know this, that when we keep our sights on the Messiah, we keep Christ at the center of all we do, amazing things will happen. Well, if we keep our ministries, our buildings, our programs, all these things at the center, we'll be spinning our wheels. But if we keep Christ at the center, Christ promises that Christ will continue to work through us by the power of the Holy Spirit. And people, he promises, will continue to come to God, receive life, salvation, and forgiveness.
So may we not lose the focus, but keep our eyes on Christ himself as we continue through this journey of Lent and we look toward that resurrection day. May we see Jesus, only Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to Grace on a Mission. Please join us next week as we explore the depth and width of God's love for us. We invite you to visit us at GloriaDayGarland.org.